that was what was taught to me. Like when I first started, like really trying to take into it, because I was in the more of the bodybuilding world and I was not healthy. I was eating 1800 calories a day. I was eating cold tilapia. Like, What's up, guys? I'm here to tell you this episode is brought to you by CrowdHealth. CrowdHealth is a new, fast-growing, tech-enabled, well-capitalized, community-powered alternative to traditional health insurance. Founded by Andy Schoonover, a proven founder and entrepreneur with a successful track record, including a $100 million-plus exit. By the way, Andy's been on this podcast in the past. CrowdHealth uses the power of crowdfunding, member ratings, unlimited choice and huge cash pay discounts to provide a simple considerably less expensive solution to managing your medical bills crowd health gives you full agency and sticks with you no matter where you move or what jobs you take on you've heard of big pharma but you may not know big insurance is actually the man behind the curtain with 12 of the last 15 heads of the FDA taking jobs in big pharma and 64% of its funding coming from private industry, don't hold your breath waiting for the government to save the day. It's safe to say our system's broken. It's time to take your well-being into your own hands, and CrowdHealth helps you do just that. You'll pay into your individual account monthly, and if you ever want to leave, you'll simply pay a $250 closing fee, and they will return the entire balance in your account to you because it's your account because it's crowdfunded we all have a vested interest in each other's health they even cover up to three hundred dollars a year in routine wellness visits so far for every one hundred dollars members have paid into their accounts an average of only thirty dollars has been paid out so you can expect to see your money grow in your account over time take that big insurance Join today by visiting joincrowdhealth.com and using the promo code KLP to pay only $99 a month for the first three months. That's joincrowdhealth.com, promo code KLP. Joincrowdhealth.com, get you some. I'll tell you, I get to that mood where I'm like, I just wish I had like a corporate job. And then I remember what my corporate job was like. And I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. I don't recommend it. No, no, it's not. I something don't recommend that I, it. I can go back to. Unless it's like what you want to do. If that's what you'd like to do. I mean, look, there's lots of people that that's what they want to do. That's what they've always done. It's what they want to do. I mean, I don't know, maybe 85% of people, you know, so that's what they should do. It's fine. Is it, is it what they want to do or is it what, they can do. I mean, I think that's the difference there. Yeah. Because a lot of people are, are, are stuck mm-hmm. and they're like, all right, well I'm making money and I just keep going. Mm-hmm. hundred percent. Yeah. There's a, I saw a stat and by the way, we're recording everything, right? Colby. We're good to go. So we're good. I saw a stat, um, recently that there's 4 million Americans that would change jobs, but they can't for health insurance reasons alone. Mm-hmm. So that's only related to health insurance. There's 4 million of us out there that can't change jobs because of health insurance. That's just one little factor. Yeah. You know, like to your point, how about doing a job they like, you know? So no, I think you're probably right. I mean, probably I, most do stick with it because they feel like they have to. I always feel like I'm super lucky. 
because I, for the last 15 years, and I've told my clients this, I'm like, listen, you pay me to do this. So just ask questions. Okay. Try to wear me out. No one's done it in 15 years. Cause I, uh-huh. I literally can talk about this all day. I love it. And I'm blessed to get to do this. Yeah. Um, but the health insurance thing, my wife has a job for health insurance. Oh, dude, we got a hookup for you, bro. She yeah. didn't have to have that job anymore. Yeah. Seriously. It's called crowd health. Crowd health. Yeah. It's joincrowdhealth.com. Dude, I have spent a lot of time looking into these guys mm-hmm. because of, I'm looking at it for, um, well, for, for more reasons than just myself, but, um, well, one of the reasons is that I'm involved with an organization that is spending, um, health insurance costs are out of control. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, it's gotten, it's gotten crazy and it, it makes sense that it's getting crazy when you think about they want to make as much money as possible. The American people keep getting sicker and sicker. So what do you think is going to happen? Healthcare costs are going to go way up. I mean, yeah. this is something we've been talking about for years, but it's happening. It's happening in front of our eyes right now. Um, so I found these guys. He was actually on my podcast when in Austin, Texas. He's the only guy that's been on the podcast that sold a company for over $100 million. Jeez. So he was, he's had a good run. Mm. And so he's a proven founder and he, um, he took his daughter in to get an ear infection fixed one time and they had to put like a tube in her ear and it was like a last minute surgery. The doctor stayed, uh, the doctor pushes vacation day back a day to get the surgery done in his, in his daughter's ear. It's $12,000. And the insurance company said, you know what? That wasn't necessary procedure. We're not going to cover it. So he was fine. He can easily afford the $12,000 thing in the, his daughter's ear. No biggie, but it pissed him off. Yeah. And so now he started a company called crowd health. The URL is join crowd health and we're, they were a sponsor on this podcast. Oh, nice. And what it is, is it's not health insurance. It's crowdfunded healthcare. Mm-hmm. So you have your own account that you put money into. And if I have my account, and if you get sick, I can elect to fund your um, medical bills. Okay. And if I, I don't have to, if I don't, then no one's going to fund mine. So you want to fund, you know, when a need comes through, you fund it. Um, but they're running currently, their average age of, is like 33 years old. Mm-hmm. And people are spending only 30% of what they're putting into their fund. And if you ever leave, you, you pay a $250 closing fee and you take your money with you. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I sent it to a couple of buddies. Um, I have a couple buddies on a thing called Christian Healthcare Ministries, and that's another like quote unquote crowdfunded. Um, but you have to be a Christian, and you have other certain stipulations to fit into it. But the thing that scares me about some of those is they have a, a limit on what they will pay. Mm-hmm. So it's it's um, I don't mind having like a high deductible, you know, like I don't need insurance to go cover my PT if they don't want to. I'm fine with you know covering yeah. some stuff that I can on my own. Um, but I would want to know, like, you know, if poop really hits the fan and I have a $500,000 bill, mm-hmm. you're not going to cut off at 125000 That does me no good. You know what I mean? So these guys have no cap. Okay. No cap. You get your money back when you leave if you ever choose to leave. Um, and it's a lot of healthy people getting together. It's a lot of, like, um, they have companies on it, too, but it's a lot of self-employed people. Yeah. Because that is a problem with being self-employed is you, it's a problem to get health insurance. Yeah. We're just going to wait until the kid's born first. And then, yeah. then I'll look into yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, I looked at some of the bills, what they would have been, mm. like for Cora, for my daughter, and um, $25,000 a day. Good grief. Like, Was there complications? I, no. Minimal. 
That's a good she wow. was in the NICU for two days. But like okay. I'm just talking the birth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but see, here's the thing to keep in mind, though. If you were cash pay, it wouldn't have been $25,000. No. Not even close. Um, on their... Such a racket. Oh, it's such a racket, dude. On their bills, over $1,000, they're saving they're saving 72% by doing cash pay. It's it's absurd. So, like, prescriptions, you know... I mean, it's gotten to the point where, first of all, one in five Americans aren't getting their... or now can't afford their prescriptions. Yeah. Like, the whole thing's just gotten out of control so you've been doing your own thing for 15 years then so you haven't had like a, a real job in 15 years i i've been in and out of a couple different things um i've always done nutrition uh, okay but i mean i i owned my own nutrition store for a little while about seven years um i've owned a couple different companies mm. you know got rid of those companies <laughs> you know started some other ones um so i'm part of three right now okay yeah three or four I mean, I guess you can count four. So nutrition, uh, Trivium, you're still involved with Trivium. Trivium? Yeah. Okay. Um, Masters Fitness Championship. Okay. Uh, which is the largest Masters competition in the world. Um, we talked about this a little bit the last time, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was just starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we've what? grown. We went from having 130 people to last year we had 550 plus hmm. Masters, like 30 plus. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I thought Masters started at 40. No, no, not for us. Okay. We opened up 30 to 34, 35 to 39 is actually an age. Uh, okay. In CrossFit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So are you, is this part of the CrossFit games or is this a totally separate sort of. So initially thing? what, what we started it for was supposed to be a media company. We started traveling around and we were going to cover the games for the masters cause no one covers them. No one gives mm -hmm. a crap about masters or, or adaptive or yeah. any of that stuff. So it would have been just families watching and but they actually get to see it which is nice i mean there's some really fit people that are at the games uh and our buddy was one of them one of the other owners of mfc so um we were going to put that together and then they COVID hit and mm. they canceled um the games for the masters um so we were like you know what we're, we'll put it on in fort wayne indiana oh so we did it we we had uh, about 130 people come and compete and the champion was crowned and hmm. yeah and then it just grew from there so this is does it have its own season or is it like one event a year what's the one event a year what's the um it's at structure. the end of the year so it's usually in september october time frame okay uh, we have a qualifier in june people who make the games get invites um but okay you know if they don't show up we're still having a good time yeah so we yeah. should have 600 plus people this year no way yeah um, are you making money on it because you charge people to come compete or through sponsorships or is it just, you're just doing this for fun? Everything. Okay. So we have the qualifier, which, you know, our goal is about four to 5,000 people at $30 a pop. Mm. You know, so mm -hmm. if we can get that, then that's great. Then we can have payouts at the event. It's wonderful. Like people are getting masters who don't normally get paid for anything yep. are getting paid. Um, then we, we have sponsors. Um, like Rogue is a big sponsor. Yeti is a big sponsor. Um, we pretty much just kind of like set up Vendor Village. So we have the sponsorships, then we have vendors, and then we have the people paying to come. Mm -hmm. So it's just, uh, it's actually, it's it's profitable at this point. Sweet. Yeah. What's it called again? Master's Fitness Championship. Master's Fitness Championship. And people can go to that website mm -hmm. and get yeah, more information if they want to go watch or if they want to go compete. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Instagram, you, MFC. Okay. So. Huh, somehow this fell up back off my radar after our last talk. It's okay. Do you, do you compete also? Uh, I'm not allowed. Ah, uh, that makes sense. The owners aren't. We're just we sure you can't go and win that. it. Well, we have two. We have two of the guys that our owners are game or went to the games already. So you know that's just really not that fair. Okay. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, we keep them off uh, on the shelf. Yeah. Um, and then I, every time I I do a qualifier for I did one of our qualifiers. I was like one of the top guys there. And okay. Then I would get hurt or something. Like, okay. I feel like that's like the story of my CrossFit career. Yeah. You do really well, and then you're hurt. Yeah. 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 That's the story of my CrossFit um, non competitive <laughs> lifestyle career. Yeah. Go about three to six months and get hurt. Yeah. And fix back really up for good. two to three months and, yep. and then uh, go back again, start feeling really good and get hurt. And I know that's a knock on CrossFit, but I also know injuries happen with pretty much whatever you're playing tennis. I mean, obviously, football, um, soccer. Mm-hmm. Soccer has more head injuries than football. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. A lot more concussions. Hmm. More concussions. Yeah. Wow. That surprises me. Yeah. I mean, I know they're making football safer, but. Well, you know, I mean, it's still football. The athletes are getting bigger and faster and stronger. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it, you're looking at soccer. There's so many people that play and they're hitting the ball with their heads. They're going up with their heads, hitting other people's heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But, I mean, people get injured from running. Oh, yeah. Um, heck, my brother threw his back out recently getting out of bed. So, it's like, I, I don't, the whole thing of CrossFit's bad, you can't do it or you shouldn't do it because you're just going to be injured all the time. I don't buy it. And, I'm, and I've gotten injured. I mean, I've gotten injured a lot. My little left elbow hurts a little bit right now. I'm coming back from a, the last good workout I had was on December 30th. Okay. I missed most of January and now half of February. Um, but it's a recurring lower back injury. I think okay. I have what appears to be a, a bulge disc. Mm-hmm. And it was in a really good spot. And I kind of know what I can do and can't do. And I and I crossed a, a line. And now I know I can't do that either, you know. So I'm like, I'm <laughs> learning. Right. There's a few <laughs> things I know I can't do. And yeah. now, I, this, now there's one more that I know, you know. But um, I would, in a flash, I would, I would take, you know, having – having the injuries, working through injuries, you know, trying to continue to learn what your body can and cannot do, um, but feel the way I feel doing CrossFit yeah. four or five days a week. I mean, I would not trade that because it's like you got to pick your poison, right? Like if you don't do CrossFit, you got to do something yeah. because if you don't do anything, you're going to have a lot bigger issues and some injuries. Oh, yeah. You well, know? I mean, I, I attribute – I started at 30, so I attribute a lot of my injuries to – bodybuilding and football and not stretching. I mean, the best mobility stretch that we did in college for football was right over left down. Mm. Like that's it. You hmm. Do it. There was no like hip opening. There was no glute activation. There was none of this stuff that I've learned from CrossFit actually in football. Oh, that surprises me. Yeah. Surely that's changed now, right? I mean, it, it's hard to say that strength coaches. It just depends. Hmm. So, like, I was over at BA yesterday talking to their assistant strength coach because um, I've know i known him for a while, uh, and he wanted to talk to me about nutrition for the team and things like that. And, like, he knows what he's doing. Like, he builds it out, and they have those uh, those, those units at each station where they can film okay. the movement so they know exactly how fast your bar path is. I mean, it's, huh. it's phenomenal technology. It's really 
wonderful. It's like a Tendo unit, but it's all video. Okay. Uh, so he can be in a room of 50 kids and see them, all of them moving at the same time. Because of the video, the video camera. tech, and it, okay. it, it'll it'll flash green or red. If, if oh, it's red, wow. it's underneath the the limit he set, and they need to drop the weight. I see. Yeah, it's beautiful. Hmm. It, it really is. You think that'll work its way into CrossFit eventually? No. Okay. No, CrossFit's expensive as it is. Yeah. People, <laughs> people complain about all that stuff all the time. Yeah. You know, so would it would it benefit people? Sure, but you know, from what he told me, it costs. Uh, no, no gym's going to pay for that. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And plus, having 50 people in a class, most gyms I don't think are that big. No, I mean, we cap our classes at 15. Okay. And, you know, we have, what, eight classes a day with open gym all day long. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, 50 people would be, I mean, yeah. I think the most I've done was is like 30. Okay. And... That's too much for one coach, yep. no matter how good you are at coaching. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sure. Do you still coach? Uh, I fill in. Okay. Occasionally. We have a head coach now. We hired a head coach and gym manager. Mm. Uh, he's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Nicole Burke, her husband, Matt Burke. Okay. Um, they're from, they're down at Proven. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And he is still with Proven, but he's your head coach, or he left Proven to be your head coach? No, he's still with Proven, and he's he's our head coach and gym manager, so he handles everything. Oh, cool. So Nate and I just, we, we, well, we have jobs, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go do those things, and then we fill, I'll fill in. I miss coaching. I love coaching. Okay. Um, and I, I think our members miss me coaching the, the classes okay. that I was coaching. But, you know, I'll fill in when I can. Okay. And there's just, there's other people that need to coach more yeah um whether they need to pay bills or whatever so. yep one uh one guy i met recently at church i think is a coach at trivium his name is jordan leffel yeah do you know if he's a coach yes he, okay maybe he started coaching a few months ago he's an assistant coach for us okay that makes sense yeah real nice guy we've been meaning to do a workout together we still haven't gotten that done um welcome to come over it's just down the road i know it's super close to here yes you know what? I should I should drop in on a class that he's coaching sometime. That'd be fun. I think it's Tuesday afternoons, like four, five, and six. Okay, yeah. I could do that. I could do one of those. Yeah. Do maybe five or six. Yeah. Let me know. I'll reserve a time for you. Sweet man, I might take you up on that. Once, uh, give me another couple of weeks to get them back <laughs> get back right. together again. Get it right. We do a lot of lifting, so you know. Do you really? In right. general, mm-hmm. with programming at Trivium. So Will Morad does our programming. So he's no uh, way. Yeah. Will Morad does your programming. Yeah. I knew he trained there, yeah, he, but I didn't know he did your programming. Yeah, he's uh, he's been doing our program for the past four years. Really? Huh. Yeah. And he is training for the games again this year, correct? Yeah. Okay. He's, that dude is a machine. He's so analytical, too. So, like, I geek out with him on his nutrition because I do his nutrition. Mm. So it, we, we get, like, really precise. Uh, and then we, we kind of dove into it even deeper with blood work because he's starting to – introduce him to wild health. So like uh, Julie Fouché's team, um, Dr. Tom, all those guys, great organization, really enjoy working with them and, and, and kind of getting all that, that data. Mm-hmm. And he loves data mm. and he's just, I, I swear it's going to probably, I, I would say it's going to be his best year if he stays healthy. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Okay. How old is he? 32. Okay. So he's still in that, in that bracket. Yeah. 
And then at the games, it changes again. It changes at 35, you said, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so he has a couple Rich of years. is a master's athlete now. Because he's... 35. Yeah. And, he, and now he, he'll compete wherever he wants to because he's rich. But yeah. He could go 35 to 39 and, and start smashing people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but are you saying that he can compete with the non-masters if he wants to? Like in the regular bracket? Yeah, if he makes... So like that's a personal choice. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he I can didn't do know both. That. Like um, Sam Briggs did both. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name? Uh, Rebecca Voigt. She's just done both. Okay. Yeah. Do you, is that his plan? Do you know? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I don't talk to him much. I talk to Rory on occasion, but okay. Yeah, they don't. He keeps everything pretty close to the best. Yep. Um, was uh, did you guys bump into any any issue or? Financial challenges, I guess, basically during COVID. Like, was there any scary moments there, or were you guys okay? You know, we had a plan going into it, so we started tapering our classes down, blocking out squares for everybody, and making sure everything was good. And then Williamson County is just different than Davidson County. You know what? I always forget that. Yeah, you're Williamson County, aren't yeah. you? Because you're barely Williamson County. We have five. No, we're right in the Brentwood. We're we're right off Wilson Pike Circle, so we're like right in the heart of Brentwood. Yeah, but I mean, I just mean you're you're just on the other side of Davidson County, really. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're old not Hickory, far into Williamson County. Line. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, we were only shut down for five weeks. Okay. And then we just backed backtracked the plan, so we started out with six people, started out eight. Okay. We added more classes, and then all of a sudden it was like nothing ever happened. Okay. Yeah. Did you have a lot of members drop their membership during that time, or no? We actually we doubled our membership after after. Wow. Yeah. Do you, attributable to people realize what happened. They realize it's good to be healthy to withstand something like this. And then they, or what would you attribute yeah, that I to? I would think some, I think we were, we handled things. I don't want to say better than other gyms, um, but we had a better plan. Okay. So we had a plan going in. We were totally vocal with our community about that plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we took care of everyone. We, <laughs> I don't like being on camera. Mm. And I, I filmed so many videos <laughs> about movement, about all that stuff. And we were just getting people out there, okay. getting people working. I, I did a, uh, a chopped, um, like my wife picked out like five ingredients, tossed them in a bucket, and I had to make a meal out of it. Okay. And we filmed it. I mean, it was, we just did everything to kind of try, try to entertain people yeah. and keep them like moving. Yep. So, yep. you know, and then five weeks of that and then we were right back into it i don't remember how long our gym was shut down i do remember it was long enough where evan let people take some equipment home yeah i took a ski erg and some weights yeah we did that and that was that was a great idea i mean that's that's wherever that idea came from it's it's brilliant Mm because you have the equipment anyway and you can trust your members and it's not being used at the gym Most, most of them yeah. <laughs> Did you have some trouble with some stuff coming back? Yeah, I mean, stuff disappears all the time. Like, I don't know how it what? disappears. Like, roller, like, big the big oh, rollers yeah. will disappear. Kettlebell. Like, how do you walk out with a 53-pound kettlebell? I have yeah, no idea. Yeah, no kidding. Like, a barbell will disappear every once in a while, and you're just okay. like, where'd that go? Like, yep. how did that happen? We have cameras, too, and you just... Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, well, it's probably not worth sitting it, there for a day and a half. Really not. To, to try to find a 53-pound kettlebell. <laughs> it's really not. <laughs> a 10-year-old 53-pound kettlebell or five years old. Um, is uh, Now, you guys have built a great brand. You're in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and th- so it seems like things are going well. Mm-hmm. 
but you might be a little bit of the exception. Is owning CrossFit gyms in general profitable? Um, Nate and I don't really take a lot out of the gym right now. Mm. Um, we have taken on more. So we took over the building next to us and we have a wellness center now. So okay. we have a, uh, a center that has PT, has massage, has chiropractic, has nutrition. We're built, we built out a recovery room with sauna and ice tub. Oh, wow. Like we're, we're all in on our community and, and that's the key for us. And that's, I think that's what they see. Like we had to raise prices okay. this year because I mean, our, our prices tripled. Mm. Like our, we were looking at our, our electricity was eight. It was like eight grand two years ago. The last year was 21, 21,000. Ooh, for the year. Mm -hmm. Wow. So, you know, and we were transparent with everybody about mm -hmm. it. It wasn't, we weren't like, hey, this is a money grab. This was like, yep. hey, we're going to try to maximize value for you. Mm -hmm. So we just bumped it up a little bit and then we added in like, so we do yoga. We have one of the, like, probably the best yoga teacher in the Southeast. Um, it's, she's from Steadfast and True Yoga in East Nashville. Uh, her name's Jillian Sinclair. Okay. Yeah. She's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. So like she teaches yoga twice a week. So like the all in people get yoga, they get the recovery room, they get everything. So you have a bracket of membership that includes mm -hmm. the working out of the CrossFit gym like usual, mm -hmm. but then also everything in the wellness room, everything, everything. Well, not PT and massage sure. and Cairo, but like sure. the recovery. Oh, wow. So you but can just book it and use it. And then you also have a level where you can just come to be a gym member and not have access to that other stuff. Mm -hmm. You have to, we do have 24 hour access as well. So, um, we, through hybrid, uh, they have 24 hour access. So open gym members can get 24 hour access. Uh, our, our unlimited members have 24 hour access. Wow. Yeah. You have any issues with the 24 hour thing? Is that where not, the kettlebells I mean, are, are leaving? People not putting stuff back is like the worst or like okay. making a mess and leaving it. Okay. Um, no, if they, if they were disappearing at those times, we would be able to like, that's true. Pinpoint it. But yeah. it's like randomly throughout the day. You're like held that mm -hmm. how did you walk out with that yeah but do you lease your space or do, do you own okay yeah. so you have that just a sort of um a, that's a that's a, a risk level at some point when the lease gets yeah. to running out so we have we have, we have a, a good a good relationship with our uh, our landlord so okay yeah we have i think we have another three years okay on it and then we'll we'll figure out what's next okay or we'll probably figure out what's next next year but sure yeah yeah Sweet. Um, all right. Red meat. Let's jump in. <laughs> Diving right in. Let's dive right in. Um, does it, would you consider red meat an inflammatory food? I mean, I think you have to look at everything as an, on an individual level. So there are some people that it is inflammatory to them, but you know, the risks that are involved with red meat, there was a new study that just came out about um, from University of Washington that said it's like they, they level risk by zero to 15 and it's in zero to 15 percent more that you may get something from unprocessed, the unprocessed meat. But like processing the meat and that'll actually do more to it. Mm. So if you're just getting meat from like steaks from a farm, mm -hmm. there's it's negligible. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, walk outside and you have a chance of getting cancer. I mean, yeah. 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 Uh, and, and I, you, you mentioned Bill Gates. Oh man. I, I really can't stress enough that 
if you look like that, you shouldn't be given nutritional advice. Yeah, what is what is up with that? Because I heard this in the last year, someone mentioned this. So I just, out of curiosity, I went on the Google and looked to see what I could find. And my goodness, yeah. Bill Gates is really not aging that well. No, he looks rough. He looks really rough. And w- what is interesting is that he was either so involved or so vocal in the vaccine. I remember that. Well, he has money and behind all of it. That's probably why, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. He okay. has money behind that. He has money behind... Yeah, he's the largest um, producer of um, the fake meat, mm-hmm. uh, Beyond Meat or whatever mm-hmm. whatever people are deciding to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, the motivation right there is, you know, it's yeah. questionable. Yeah. I had, um, I texted someone before this to get the scoop on this because I didn't take the time to to look it up. But I remember having some discussions with someone about, it was either Big Pharma or Big Tech. Mm-hmm. Or Bill Gates, which I guess, you know, this kind of all, all the same. mixed together. Um, but one or all of them, though, buying up seed companies with the idea that they can kind of control the whole thing, you know, from you know soup to nuts, so to speak. Like, if you can't get seeds, you're kind of screwed. So I, I don't know if it was, like, going to be to the extent where you and I can't go buy seeds. Yeah. Or if it's more to the extent of, like, you know, a big farmer who's on his own is going to have trouble buying seeds. But it seems like the food production to me seems like it's getting a lot of attention from big money, which is it's worrisome. It's worrisome. Yeah. It's worrisome just because if you think about um Bill Gates who's making business decisions behind the big money that's related to food production, but he doesn't seem to have a personal understanding of food and its relationship with health and the human body, but you're the one that's making the decisions Mm -hmm. that to me seems like getting into fact, getting into fake food is less is coming from an area that is maybe not so much a personal passion, but maybe more strictly money driven. And that is, that is scary. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Well, I mean, I'm not with COVID and everything that's happened in the last couple of years. My wife and I are, are on the more skeptical side of things. You know, how everything, dissemination of information, how things are coming out. Um, I trust no one in power at this point who has their hand on anything that comes down to us. Mm-hmm. You know, so when it comes down to like meat or like the eggs right now, like eggs tripled in price. Like, yeah, they did. And it's like eight, nine dollars a dozen yeah. now. And then all of a sudden you have farmers saying like the feed that they were getting was causing their 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 hens not to lay eggs. Oh like, goodness. Because they yeah, so you're talking about seeds and feed, right? They're t- buying that stuff up, taking control of it, and all of a sudden the stuff that that farmers are buying is causing slow production of eggs. Uh the feed for the chickens? Yeah. There, you're saying that there's farmers out there right now buying chicken food, chicken feed, and the feed is causing their chickens to not lay as many eggs? That's that's the word that that I've heard. And wow, read. that's crazy. So, I mean, the control, the aspect of control is, is confusing to me because I think that the people just want their thumb on us. Yeah. The people in charge. Um, and it's frustrating. As a small business owner, like, doesn't matter how much money I make at this point. It's just 
like how much am I giving back to the government? Yeah. How much are, does food cost? Like with two kids, like how about five, bro? Five kids. You have five? I have five kids over here. Yeah, they're hungry. Keep it in your pants, man. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't keep you away from oh, my I'm, wife. I'm not gonna. It's it, there's not gonna be any more. There's not gonna be any more kids in the live household, man. God willing, I've Good done what I can you. do on that front. So it should end at five. But still, it's yeah. It costs a lot to it feed does. those I mean, faces. It costs a lot to feed me alone. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, the amount of food that I eat. So it's like, all right, you had three other people to that mm-hmm. all of a sudden every time i go to the grocery store it's like 300 bucks yeah yeah no doubt colby can you pull up um that instagram video is that something you can play on here yeah can you, okay so this is uh no this the one about bill gates well that one too <laughs> um we can come back to that one but pull the one up about bill gates because it is a little um, chilling. I think, can you go to, it's like the last slide on here and there's a video. Oh, by the way, this is the, uh, meat mafia that I just stumbled upon. All right. Can we get volume on that? Volume <laughs> it's going to start talking to him. No, it was your laptop on mute. I'm going to have to, uh, it's, oh, it's right the here. bottom, right. Start over. Turn, turn it up. Can you turn it up? Yeah, start it over. Although we're not going to be able to hear that. It might not start over. All right, that, that's it. So what he's saying there, he's talking about his some green startup that he was doing. Yeah. He did it not intending to make money. He did it for reasons of passion. And then he made a joke about that's working out. He's not making money on it. Yeah. And then he goes right into saying all his fake meat companies are going to make up all of that money and more. Yeah. And it's like, it's a joke. I get it. But you can tell he believes it. Oh, yeah. So he, so, did we so, miss the fact that he said he had a nuclear power company? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't know that. That's actually. what he just said. Oh, is that what he just said? <laughs> that stresses me out even more. It's <laughs> like Dr. Evil. Like, yeah. What yeah. the heck? Is yeah. there going to be sharks this, with lasers is. on their heads? Wow. Wow. But um, That's wild. But I think the focus does seem to be on the um, on the money aspect mm-hmm. of it, which uh, I had someone on here recently. I think it was Rick Haley who said, you know, he sees the downfall of the two biggest issues he sees with America right now is the is the woke, what seems to be the disease almost, and um, but the woke culture and um, and greed, mm-hmm. which you know I'm not I don't I'm not gonna say that Bill Gates is greedy, but he intends to make a lot of money. And it sounds greedy. I don't know. Yeah, How much I guess, money do you yeah. need? Like, potato, potato. Um, I mean, what, what's the, what's the end? Ga- I, I would love to understand what the end game is. Like how much money do you need? You're he's like 70, 70. Yeah. He's up there. I mean, yeah. Is he hoping that science keeps him alive forever? I mean, yeah, the way he's looking, he's, he's not going to make yeah. it very long. No, you're yeah. So. yeah. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, and we're taking advice on health. Yeah, we are from this guy. Yeah, we are. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. And he was pretty vocal about the vaccines pretty early on, too, Um, which, you know, we don't need to get into that because that's a whole thing of its own. But um, that was I did want to shout out to the Meat Mafia guys because I just found those guys recently on Instagram. There's a podcast. They're out of Austin, Texas. 
uh, meat. That's mafia. where I would expect them to be out of. I know there's a be out of Texas. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep, I think Bastrop to be specific. But um, so yeah, people should go 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 follow that. But back to the red meat. So, um, in two thousand, maybe in two thousand twenty-one, at some point, I watched this documentary called Fat Fiction. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't seen that I've one. Never seen it. It's really good. I've watched it twice now, and I was going to watch it a third time before tonight, but I didn't get it done. But it talks about in the was it the fifties and sixties this kind of craze that um, was instigated by this guy named Ansel Keys mm-hmm. that he was kind of had this agenda to um, position trans fat as being dangerous and get people over to, um, no, I'm sorry, saturated fat mm-hmm. and then get people over to, shoot, what was it? It was more um, low, hold on, hold on, because I don't want to screw this up. He's moving people over to from from saturated fats over to basically it was like the fake stuff like margarine like mm. his his um what's the term for that yeah. oh, go on it low fat high carb oh yeah that's exactly what it was yeah. he was basically promoting a low fat high carb diet mm. but it was like trans fats right mm. is that what it is trans when fats. you have like fake stuff yeah. like margin margarine instead of butter um. I grew up eating that. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, country crock. It was yep. in a the brown you, you container. Remember? Yeah, brown container. Yep. It was margarine. Oh, I, I grew up in diet culture. So, like, my mom was always on a diet. We had diet soda everywhere. You know, everything was... And, and my, we're, we're Italian and Irish, so... Okay. Like, food's good. Uh-huh. I'm a big <laughs> fan of food. Yeah. Um, but, like, everything was diet, low fat, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, really? I, grew, I grew up in that. Interesting. Yeah. I did not grow up that way. Um, my mom made a lot of food, but we bought a lot of food too. But I, I remember the um, sodas and just all that stuff. Um, but anyhow, this documentary kind of details how that's not working out so well. Yeah. You know, to be eating all these trans fats and sugars. And it was sort of positioning meat and saturated fats which maybe you can talk about where saturated, what saturated fats are, where they come from, but it was positioning all of that as like bad for your heart. Mm-hmm. And then this was when the manufacturing food was becoming popular, like Cheerios and these types of manufactured foods, um, low fat, everything, you know, they were sticking low fat on everything mm-hmm. and people were buying it and eating it, thinking it was healthy. And now it's causing all these problems. And one of the things that the, that the fat fiction documentary is pointing out is that there's some misconceptions in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to ask about red meat being inflammatory, and I don't even know exactly what that means, but I have, um, I have, if I eat whatever I want to eat and don't care at all, I just feel disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like my gut's not like an, like a, it's not like a metal tank in there. Like yeah. it's, it's something else. You yeah. know, like it, it, if I eat, Inflammatory. What I would think of as inflammatory foods, I feel it, dude. My my spine, my neck, my bones will feel like they're eating themselves, literally. Yeah. And um, so a few times now, most recently being January the eleventh, I started eating carnivore again. And if I go one week eating only carnivore, all that's gone. Yeah. Like it's completely gone. I, I feel great. 
My skin clears up if I have any sort of sore or anything on my skin. It mm-hmm. clears up. My gut feels great. My poop stabilize. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just been my experience. And I was talking to someone recently about about this, and they made the comment, like, well, isn't red meat inflammatory? And I was like, it'd been a while since I've heard that, and it kind of caught me off guard because I've not experienced it as inflammatory at all. Um, so I is either. it for some people? or I mean, it, it can be. Like, I, I, I won't ever say that it's impossible because everyone's so different. Um, there's people that have, you remember, uh, people who got bitten by the tick and they got alpha gal. Yes. So those people, it is inflammatory towards and it causes a lot of health issues. But like outside of that, it's hard for me to be like, yes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I can't really say no, but I can't say yes. Mm -hmm. So what, what is considered, what's the definition of an inflammatory food? Uh, anything that can cause bloating or stress in the system or like, so you're saying your, your feels like your bones are eating themselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it injects like, um, essentially toxins in, in between those. And it's like just a bunch of grit. Hmm. So like when your joints pop, you know, and it kind of hurts like that, that's just a bunch of like inflammation that's in there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So inflammatory foods will cause inflammation in your body, yes. essentially, which Gut, is like a buildup. Biome. I mean, they, a lot of people talk about things like candida and things like that, but that's from an overgrowth of utilization of carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates. That's what the, the stomach feeds off of. Mm-hmm. And candida grows off of that. So okay. like things like that can cause, you know, there's a lot of things that can cause inflammation. Yeah. Like I can't like I can't eat gluten. Okay. Because th- it causes all sorts of bad things in my body. Yep. Uh, digestive issues, um pooping issues, hmm. you know. So like I don't want any part of that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I stay away from it. And where is that mostly found? Gluten, breads, pasta, uh processed foods. I mean, processed breads, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Wheat, it's wheat, wheat gluten is a, it's a filler pro- like proteinish thing. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Concept. But when you say processed foods, there's not gluten in like if you were to buy, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I'm thinking of like wafer cookies or like butter cookies or like, is there gluten in that stuff too? Yeah. Or Unless it says gluten free, there's, it's made in a factory that has wheat or it, there's wheat in it or oh, any of okay. that. So. I wonder if that would explain. It's in lunch meat. There's gluten in lunch meat? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's filler, man. Oh, I didn't. Okay. Yeah. All right. I always think of bread and pasta yeah. with gluten. I mean, those are, th- it's definitely in those things, but there's mm-hmm. also, so I've been eating, um, this company called Bonza makes these pizzas and I love some pizza, but I, they make these pizza crusts and it's gluten free and it's literally the best crust I've ever eaten. Hmm. Yeah. You buy them, you buy the pizza Pro- crust frozen yeah. or, and then you make your own pizza yeah. or it's. Okay. They make pe- they have pizzas that are made. Okay. But I, I prefer to control that. So. You can buy the crust and yeah, make your own and pizza, your own. and that's so, what you do. Yeah. And this is available at Kroger. Kroger. Yeah. Ah, I'll have to check that out. And you feel good on it because I I will feel gross if I eat pizza. Yeah. No, I I I don't like anything that has gluten in it. Like I'll go to Blaze and I'll get like their gluten free crust. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, the um, the uh, I think the thing that is uh well here's what i would not want to happen is it seems like there is a 
real sort of concerted um, effort at limiting intake of red meat mm-hmm. for reasons of climate damage or climate, yeah. uh, what's the term? Climate, not climate. Climate change. Climate change. Mm-hmm. And um, if the meat production is a significant driver in climate change, I would just want us to make real sure that science is right. I saw an article that said that all meat production is only 2%, is only a, 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 a 2% factor of climate change. And you have transportation, these other things that are like 48, you know, yeah. massive, massive things. So if we're going to make changes in eating, you know, bison, beef, whatever, um, for reasons of climate change, we just want to make real sure on that, yeah. you know, but it's starting to feel like there's a, a little bit of an agenda there. And there's always that, an agenda. It and seems like it, it comes across as, I mean, if you look at like the vegetarian and vegan foods and the meatless stuff, they are tearing up the earth. They're killing any sort of animal that is in that ground on the way to right. plowing these fields. They're killing, you know, any sort of moles they're killing. They, I mean, there's a circle of life that comes along and those moles are necessary for other things to, to live, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the bugs that are getting killed to get, they're fed on by something, mm-hmm. you know I mean? So anytime you're, you're talking about like climate change, like th- I feel like that would be way more um, impactful doing that and creating fake meat from the ground. I mean, that's like, how I feel too. Yeah. Like I don't I just like, a quick sniff test. You would think to make fake food, you have to plant it, grow it, put it in um, under light sometimes. You know, then you need to make sure the bugs don't eat it. So now you're spraying and stuff is going into the ground and how you're much, harvesting. How much processing do you have to do to make it look like? Oh, you, that stuff must be. I mean, that on. stuff must be so processed. You're dude. telling me that that is better for you than a steak straight off a cow. That's what they're saying. That's it, that's it, what they're saying. I, I, the science doesn't back it. I would, yeah, I would, I would think I would be highly, highly suspect of it. Any sort but, of nutritional studies that go on that have they usually have some sort of backing, mm-hmm. like you know, yeah, when, that's right, yeah. So like when you have Bill Gates is backing like um, what the health or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And I was watching that, I was like, this is embarrassing to actually watch because people are gonna believe this. They're going to believe that meat is bad for you. They're going to believe that processed foods are good for you. I, I feel like they're trying to, if you take away protein, that's the building block for muscle. That's, 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 they're taking away people's ability to build muscle and, and stand up for themselves, essentially. I mean, how do you want to control people? That would Make be a good weak. way to do it. Make them weak. Make them weak and sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson, I just heard him say something recently about this, which is that you have about one to four percent of the population is a psychopath. And so you have these psychopathic leaders that just um, are abusing their positions of power. And what you need when that happens is you need powerful men who are not psychopaths Mm -hmm. that are willing to stand up to them Mm -hmm. and uh, and basically, you know, fight back against that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you have power and you can keep that from happening, mm-hmm. then you can keep the power. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, you think about, it. I, I love Jordan Peterson. 
I think that his, his the way he looks at life is so real. Mm-hmm. It's not like trying to make anyone feel better about themselves. It's like, hey, this is real life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to suck. How are you going to handle it? Yeah. You yes. Know? And he's like, all right, so like a, da- a, a good man should be a dangerous man. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, dangerous means like they're going to be like causing anarchy. No. A dangerous man is someone that can sheath the sword and control that that danger mm-hmm. all right and still be a good member of society and still be a good person mm-hmm. like those are the things I, and I, I listen to this man i'm like this is just so logical everything he's saying is so logical like i could literally like if he was if he was only american he could yeah. run for president yeah <laughs> and i would vote for him i 100 yeah, agree 100 percent agree i mean it's just so much logic well, the one thing that Jordan Peterson is so big on is telling the truth, yeah. even when it's painful. Yeah. And that's, I think, why his message is resonating so much is because he's telling a lot of truth, yeah. you know? And there's something about truth that, like, eventually it's going to win. Mm-hmm. You might be able to snuff it out for five or ten years, or, but eventually four you to can't. Eight, four to eight. Four to eight years, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you can't keep it. You can't keep it down. It's like love. It's like ultimately it's they're going to win. And it seems to me that's in part why Jordan Peterson is is so popular right now is because he's he's saying a lot of truth. He's saying a lot of true things that are not popular right and now. And it's needed. Mm-hmm. I think people need to hear these things. They need to hear it on repeat because they're hearing so many other things that aren't true. Mm-hmm. That are just like, oh, it's okay. You'll be fine. Just trust us. Mm-hmm. Man, I... I the only people I trust are like, is like my wife. Right. Yeah. And outside of that, I just kind of yep. like, I, I kind of trust you, but not really. Yeah. So yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, and that's just, it's a, it's, it's a cynical way to look at things, but it's a realist way to look at things too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I was going to say it's, it's realistic. Yeah. Maybe it's cynical, but it's also realistic. Yeah. But that is what is concerning to me about the push against what I'm seeing is a lot of push against the meat. It's it's coming from it's almost like first we tried to go the heart attack and blood clotting route. And then when that didn't work, now we're trying the now we're trying the climate change route. And um, look, we don't have a very good track record at all in this country of making decisions that are good for our health. I mean, oh, yeah. 12 of the smoking last smoking used to be really good. Smoking used to be great. Yeah. I mean, it was it like, that was, it was Government. absolutely promoted. Yeah. Um, it, Kobe, can you pull up like the, um, world health leaders, like pictures of them. And these are the people that we're supposed to trust. Oh, have you seen these? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. Just what wait. should he Google world, world health leaders. Let's see if that pops anything up. Where are they? Like, who are the world health leaders? Like, you're not talking like, like the, uh, the, the not, to, Brit- not, not British. The CDC. There's the British. Uh, she's like, I mean, she's got to be like three hundred pounds. Yeah, she's either British or or Swedish or something. I just can't remember. Like, I just remember seeing a picture of like it was like three or four of the leaders of the world. Bill Gates was on there, and you're just like. Uh huh. How are these? Pe- how are these people the ones that are dictating what's healthy? Sure. Well, that's a good question. 
Um, I, I, no, I have to. Colby, I don't want to tell you how to do your job, but I would say try putting in obese world health leaders and see what <laughs> pops up. Seriously, put that in there and see what see what happens. <laughs> obese, yeah, health minister. That's health minister. I think that's what. It, oh, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's one at least. That's there's the one on the right there. Super healthy. Um, like seriously, she's she's like how how? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, when you really stop and think about it, hold on a second. We're actually saying she's a leader in health. She disseminates information to her people. That is actually, if you stop for just a second and think about that. Man, I think about it all day. Like the the shit that I see out there. This is the space you're in, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the things I see out there on on the Internet are are just baffling to me. Hmm. Like I've, I've been on it this week. This has been... I've been kind of salty a little bit this week. Okay. Like, I'm seeing things from from influencers that I'm like, why would you tell people to even do that? Like, mm. fitness move. All right, I'm gonna do a lunge into a step up on a chair into a a kickback pike. I mean, I'm just, yeah. Dude, people barely get off the couch, and you wanted to do what? Mm. Like, get them to walk. Mm-hmm. Do do. I mean, I know it's not flashy. I get it. Yeah. But like, people need to start slow and work their way into not being lazy yep you know i mean and i'm a big believer in in discipline over motivation mm. you know i mean you listen to anything by jocko you listen to anything um i mean andrew tate's an asshole but like he's got the right mindset to to you know succeed mm. i mean is he into discipline over motivation yeah andrew tate 100 percent. okay yeah so like little things like I can take a little bit of that from him. I mean he's he's really terrible, yeah. Otherwise, but um, you know I mean things like that. I mean that that there's there's reasons why you know he's successful at what he does, whatever he does, um, you know because he doesn't make excuses. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the world has come to a place where we're like an excuse is just it, it, everything's an excuse. Like it's just not. Yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, like I and I see it with my some of my clients. Like I, I have people pay me a decent amount of money in my mind, and then disappear. Mm. Like I'll, they'll get their plan, and then I'll never hear from them again. And I reach out, and I never hear from them. Like why did you pay me? Mm-hmm. Like what's the point at that? Like I, I get it. It's Williamson County. Y'all have money. Cool. Mm-hmm. But like I don't like getting money to not work. Mm. I want to work, mm-hmm. you know, and people should understand that they are going to have to work too. Like I can't chew the food and spit it in their mouth. Uh-huh. You know, this isn't baby bird session. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, Hey, I'm going to teach you how to do it. And you've got to do it. Yep. And people just make excuses. Hmm. Yeah. That is the culture we're in. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, do, well, what about, what is your take on <clears throat> saturated fats can you say what those are, where they come from, and do they lead to heart attacks and strokes? I mean, an excess of anything is going to cause some sort of, you know, overwhelming reaction. Um, but, like, saturated fats aren't really all that bad for you. There's yo- saturated fat in yolk, saturated fat in avocado, saturated fat in coconut oil. Like, and those are all deemed mostly healthy. And and steaks, too, right? <clears throat> is there yeah. saturated fats in steak? Yeah. Red meat in general? Yeah, I mean, okay. it's it's just, it, there's also, like, when you think about it, there's, if it's in our bodies, it's going to be in meat. 
you know, if so it's like in our bodies, if, it's, if it's in our our bodies, okay, like naturally in our bodies, like saturated fats are naturally in our body. It's going to be in a cow. Okay. Okay. You know, so, and then you think about like, there's creatine in cows, mm. you know, cause it's in their muscles. It's in our muscles, mm. you know? So it's just one of those things where like, yes, it's in there, mm-hmm. but you know, people, people are focusing more on like the char on a, a steak being like carcinogens and things like that. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, I don't subscribe to that either. I mean, I would have to eat a lot of steak. To get carcinogens. I uh, saw something about that recently, yeah, where they were saying you can get carcinogens. Uh, what is carcinogens? It's a cancer-causing um, matter or material. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, how, how, um, how would you, would you advise anyone, would you advise me to eat differently when I have an injury, say a, a lower back issue, or do you just try to eat clean and power through like can you use diet to affect you can because you already talked about it you talked about when you eat a certain way it's very inflammatory to your body you feel it Mm -hmm. well that's not going to be good to a back injury Mm -hmm. all right so you've switched yourself over to more of a carnivore style so you're talking more low carb less processed foods more protein more fat your body feels better i mean right there you already told me what you need to do Mm. you know i mean in moderation in terms of like the red meat you can eat other meats too I mean, I eat red meat probably three times a week, you know, three meals a week out of 21. Is that, that's like, yeah, that's nothing. Yep. You know, over the, over the grand scheme of time, that is nothing. So like, if you feel good doing that and you feel better than you did eating like a balanced diet, then that's going to work for you. Mm -hmm. Like for me, I I competed for two years, completely keto. And oh wow, I loved it. I felt amazing. Like felt great. So like, in terms of, of how people are built, <clears throat> like, so we did some, we did, I, I did a study on myself that I found out that I'm more of a fat adaptive athlete. So I can convert fat to energy better than a lot of other people. Okay. Which is why keto worked so well for me. Mm-hmm. And I could stay on it for an extended period of time. It wasn't just like a short thing. But like, so we did some research on one of my clients and she did a a bunch of blood work through wild health and they were like yeah she's just she she's built better for fats so i was like i mean she just competed had a great season and i had around like 400 grams of carbs plus wait when she was competing and doing great you're saying yeah okay and so so they were like all right we, let's switch her over and see what happens she hated it mm. she wasn't performing well she didn't feel good she nothing felt right and i was like all right for health Long term, once you once you're done competing, we can switch you to something like that. Mm. But right now, or even in the off season, but right now you have to do what feels best. You have to do what's going to make you money. You have to do what's going to make you feel better, perform better, look better. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's you know that's what we did. And that was the the four to five hundred grams of yeah. carbs yeah. a day. Okay. Yeah. It's purpose, purposeful carb. I'm not telling her to eat Snickers or gummy bears or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, very measured in how we do things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's when you're working with a professional athlete, it has to be precise. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, you know, you're, you're just taking chances. You know, I hate guessing. Mm-hmm. So I would rather just be right all the time. Do you, do you, and you do work with like NHL players, NBA players, NFL players, mm-hmm. probably a fair bit of CrossFit mm-hmm. athletes. 
do you sort of, once you know what sport someone's playing, does that sort of like narrow down some options for you or isn't it like that at food all? Food-wise? Yeah, food-wise. No. No? Okay. no, I mean, it really, ca- everyone's so different. It comes down to the individualization of it. So okay. like calorie level, carbohydrates over fats, fats over carbohydrates, you know, protein usually stays pretty static. Um, that's kind of my, my baseline number. Um, it's usually their body weight or a little bit more for professional athletes. Mm. You know, so one to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. Okay. Yeah. Of protein. Protein. And that's a lot. So if I'm, yeah, so can, what, what are we, I can hit it so easy. Are you kidding me? Like I can hit 260, like nothing. 260 grams? Yeah. Cause I mean, I enjoy protein. Yeah. But how, how do you get, that's, that's a lot though. How much are you getting out of a protein shake? Do you do, do you do, you don't do protein? If I do a protein shake, it's usually 21 grams. Uh, I use EFPs. Uh, vegan protein because whey kind of messes with me. My something's messing with me. I was going to ask you if it's creatine. I, right now, the last thing I got from creatine was pills. So I'm taking creatine pills, which I wouldn't think they would mess my gut up. But <clears throat> I get that um, ascent whey protein. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's either that or the creatine or the beta alanine mm-hmm. that's not sitting so good in my gut. Which do you think it it's most probably, not probably the beta alanine? Probably not that. Alanine doesn't really have a, a a gut reaction. Okay. Creatine can throw off your nitrogen balance in your stomach a little bit, but I would say it's probably the way. And Ascent's a really good brand. I know it is. Yeah. yeah. So like, it, it could just be a, a sensitivity to whey. So if you took whey protein, you it wouldn't sit so good with you. No. no oh. Bubble guts. The, okay. Yeah. I okay. So how do you get so much protein down then? I eat a lot of food. <laughs> but like, I mean, that's a, I mean, it's, it's hard. Like I was trying to put on some pounds like a year, nine months ago or something. And I was eating my face off. And this was with 50 grams of protein coming from the way the protein powder. I was having a hard time physically eating it all. So you think about it. If it, say you have three meals a day of eight, eight ounces of protein, that's 48 grams per meal. So you're at 150 right there. And that's just from protein. So if you had an eight ounce steak three times a day, I mean, eight ounces of of protein, eight ounces of meat. Okay. Three times a day. Then you're at 150 grams right there. Okay. You know, so yeah, it's not that bad at that point. Yeah. No, that doesn't seem. No, that's only like people are like, oh, I got to eat like six meals. No, you don't have to eat six meals a day. Okay. You just got to eat enough at the meals that you're eating, Mm -hmm. you know, and then that's not even factoring in like. If you have some quinoa, there's protein in there. If you have some, you know, peanut butter, there's some protein in there. But it's not a protein source. It just has protein. Mm. Like don't like people don't eat peanut butter as a protein, as a protein source. Protein. It's not a protein source. It okay. has protein. Mm. You know, but th- there's tons of foods that cross that o- cross over in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Like if you want some quick protein, there's um, First Form makes these beef sticks. It's 20 grams of protein per stick. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's equivalent to one scoop of my whey yeah. protein powder that's been messing me up. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to do it, and, and it's not as hard as people make it out to be. Hmm. So, all right, so you're going to tailor it to the individual for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But if we could paint with broad strokes, which probably makes you super nervous, but <laughs> if we could for the average, you know, three to five times a week CrossFit, mm-hmm. not necessarily competitor, but myself mm-hmm. want to feel good 
look good going into the gym multiple times a week and specifically doing CrossFit, mm-hmm. no known allergies or whatever, how are you thinking about kind of a, you know, basic food plan? Well, a lot of it comes down to the, the, the questions that I ask in, in our consult. So like it would like for you, I wouldn't say that you're normal because you feel better on a higher protein fat diet. So that's, that's out of the norm. Most people are, are carb-based athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, so we start there. You know, we st- I'll, I'll essentially start with their protein, build it out from there, and based on their body fat percentage and what their goal is, I'll build out a, a caloric intake that is going to put them at a deficit but not too much of a deficit. Okay, and, and, and so let's go back to the protein. <clears throat> so you're suggesting... One and a half grams of protein per one, pound of body weight for for normal people. One one gram. One gram per pound. Okay. Yeah. So one gram per pound. Okay. So then you're moving on to carbs. Yeah. And then what do you, what are the generalities there for carbs? It just depends on how many calories we're, we're getting in there. So like okay. I mean I don't really like a low carb. I like a moderate carb for to start people out because we want balance. Mm. So once I can have a person at balance, then I can be like, all right. This is our baseline. This is what we're looking. How do you feel? You know, and we meet every two weeks from that point on mm-hmm. and make sure like, hey, this is working. This is not working. Hey, I feel like I'm, I'm bloated all the time. Well, let's drop your carb down a little bit or change the carbs that are in there or up the fat. But I'm not going to like there's a point where you just you can't take calories away. Like people are already starving themselves and then they're binging on the weekends because they're starving themselves during the week. So if we can keep balance calorically through the week they're not going to have those massive cravings on the weekends Mm -hmm. so that's the goal the goal is keep blood sugar steady keep their bodies happy and balanced and then you know make adjustments based on you know what the results are with body fat percentage body fat percentage is king in what i do okay and so just the average person Mm -hmm. how much if i was just eating the average and felt fine on carbs how Mm -hmm. much carbs a day would would I? It depends on where you are body fat wise and okay. what caloric intake you were. But I mean, okay. there's no reason that, like, you're, what are you like, 100? 185. So 185, probably about 10% body fat, 9. Oh, dude, I have no idea. How would I know? I mean, I, I have an in body. You pinched some of the gut or? <laughs> I can do calipers. I have. <laughs> I, I would only trust a seven spot caliper. Anything less than that is is not terribly accurate. Okay. Um, just the foot biometric impedance is not very accurate. So I have an in-body in my office and I also have calipers. Okay. Um, so we're figuring that out, get those da- data points in and make the an, uh, analytical decision on how many calories based on your resting metabolic rate, what your output is during the workout, what your non-exercise activity is, you know. Okay. All, there's all there's a lot, a lot of stuff goes into it. Yeah. So that's why I can't like being general. Yeah. Be like, all right, well, you should eat 1800 calories a day. Yep. Or you should eat 2,800 calories a day. Like personally, I'm 210 and I eat 3,500 plus calories a day. Mm. You know, so I'm. That's on the high side, right? I could. Yeah. I mean, like, but I'm never like, oh, man, I ate over my calories. I, I can fit anything in there. If, like my wife's like, and again, she's pregnant. So she's like, I want Taco Bell. I'm like, all right, I can I can find something to Taco Bell. Yeah. Is that just to maintain? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What? For you to maintain 3,500 3, yeah. calories, just maintain your mm-hmm. muscle mass. Mm-hmm. Okay. And energy and output and everything that I do. Okay. Yeah. How would, how would one find like their sort of what they should be eating to maintain without, you know, going to a specialist? Uh, I mean, most, there's a lot of embodies out there. 
So like okay. you can go to like NutriShop and get an in-body test and that'll give you your resting metabolic rate. Okay. So then you can kind of build it off that. Be like, all right, my resting metabolic rates here. I burn maybe 300 calories in a workout. I have a very sedentary job. So maybe I'm burning an extra 200 there. So I'm looking at, let's just say, you know, 2000 calories that I'm burning in a day, 2200 calories. So then you just cut back a little bit from that, depending on how fast you want to lose or how, how intentional you want to be. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have your number. I have a, I have a, my weight for whatever reason just stays the same. Like if I just start eating crap tomorrow and eat kind of whatever I want to eat, but keep going to the gym, my weight won't change. I will just start feel to like feel shit. gross. <laughs> I'll feel like shit. Yeah. My belly will get soft and bigger and, 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 but my weight doesn't change that much. But, um, I wouldn't mind to put a little bit more weight on. I, the worst shape I was in was, coming out of 2019 into 2020 mm-hmm. and I was 165 pounds and um felt gross mm-hmm. I was probably the fattest that I've ever been in my life and um just belly fat and did not like the way I looked or felt or anything and two years later I felt amazing but there was a lot of work in between there I mean sometimes I would go to the gym twice in a day that was mm-hmm. when I was in between gigs like I was saying earlier and so over the course of two years and I put on 10 pounds which I was very happy about mm-hmm. and then so then I was at 175 and then I wanted to go to 185 and I started just eating my face off based on you know some things that uh, had been recommended to me and it was it was working but I was having a hard time eating as much as I was supposed to be eating because I don't like to eat breakfast so I had to eat it all basically between late afternoon and by the time I went to sleep. Yeah. And it was like physically hard to eat that much. I was starting to gain a little bit of weight, but then I got one of those injuries mm-hmm. and that kind of just put a damper Derailed, on it. Yeah. And then in um, May of 2022, um, I started um, testosterone replacement therapy because I was real low. My T levels were super low and I put on 10 pounds like that. Yeah. So now I'm at 185, mm-hmm. but I don't, I feel like the last 10 pounds is probably more fake weight, like maybe it's water weight or something. I think it's probably normalizing where your body should be. Oh, you, you think? Know, I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a proponent of doctor prescribed HRT mm. because if you do the blood work and you're not abusing, because the, the problem is people look at TRT, HRT as abuse, steroid abuse. Yeah. Well, it was, right? Didn't it, it kind of went through a season when it was first becoming it's, popular? It's it highly regulated now. A hundred percent. No, so yes. it's like it's one of those things where, and one of my buddies owns um, uh, one of the largest ones in the country, and it's like, like they will not prescribe you anything if you're if your number if you're too young if your numbers are are too good, mm. you know they're not gonna they're not gonna put someone in that position because if you're making it naturally and you're at where you should be, you don't need it. Yeah, let like it go that's that. an ego thing. Absolutely. If you want to keep doing it, and like if you're gonna go find it, you're gonna find it wherever you want to. But yep. You know, it's one of those things where I, I'm behind it as long as it's doctor led mm-hmm. and the doctors actually know what they're looking for. and They do the right hormone panels and they're mm-hmm. they're doing the things that they need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was I I mean, unless something changes, I'll, I plan to be on it the rest of my life yeah. I mean, unless there's another way to go about it or whatever. But it didn't seem like there there really was. But um, it it definitely was affecting my mood and my outlook and my yeah. energy. Um you know, it's the, it's the central hormone from what I understand in the male's body. Well, I mean, it's the driving force uh, for, for output. 
you know, in, in a, in a male's body. And I mean, females need it too. There's, mm-hmm. there's hormone replacement therapy for women as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, you look at where our society has gone over the last 50 years, like testosterone has dropped. Like, I think it's like 30%. Yeah. Like in normal aged men, like the people who stormed the beaches of Normandy had way more testosterone than the people who are in college right now. That is true. Yeah. And what do you think that is causing that? I mean, processed foods, okay. uh, seeds, all that stuff, all, all the stuff that we talked about leading into this, you know, um, social, social disease, social media. Mm-hmm. I believe that social media has such a hold on people like that. They almost fall into it rather than just using it as like information. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, that's how they live their lives now, mm-hmm. you know? And that's, I, that's a disease in my mind. That's a mental disease. Yeah. Yeah. You're right about that. I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. Because it is, um, it's trapping so many people. I mean, it's, it's tempting for me mm-hmm. to get drawn into that. Oh dude, I hate it. If I didn't have my business that, that was tied to it, I would never want to be on it. Yeah, I agree. Yep. You know, otherwise, like it, it has zero value to me. Like I prefer Facebook is so much easier than Instagram because like I don't have to look at it. Like, yeah. I never feel like I want to look at Facebook, but I know if I want to go check in on my mom or check in on my sister and her kids, I can do that on Facebook without feeling like I'm stuck there. Yeah. Instagram is just like reels. That's true. Rolling. It's like TikTok. All right. Like I don't have TikTok. Yeah, I don't either. Like, I won't download that. I'm not doing that, man. No, I'm not doing that. I don't care. Like, how, like I don't. I don't want to be famous. Yeah. Like that's never been the goal of what I do. My goal is to help people. Mm. Like, and 100. percent If I can help people, I don't care if people know my name. I really don't. Like, I don't ask my famous clients to be like, "Hey, this is my nutritionist," because I just want to do my job. Yep. You know, if you send people to me, which I've lasted 15 years without any marketing. You know, I mean, people keep sending people to me. So that's, that's how I know I'm doing a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need, I don't need, like I told one of my clients, he's got like a million followers. Like, I don't know how you get a million followers, but he has a million followers. <laughs> and I was, he's like, I was like, listen, I don't need you to post. If you want to post, that's fine. But like, that's not a requirement to working with me. Like you pay me, that's enough. Yep. You know, you know, if you post great, like, mm-hmm. I don't even know if I can handle what would come from that? Yeah. But, you know, it's just, I just don't, I don't need it. Yeah. I've definitely noticed for me, I've noticed an inverse relationship between my mental health or how, yeah, that's an overused term. So I hate to use mental health, but how well I'm doing emotionally and mentally and my time on social media. There's a direct correlation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's inverse. Like the more I'm spending on social media, the worse my worst state my mind is. And when I've, was completely off of social media for a good little run a couple years ago. Dude, it was it was way better. Yeah. Um, but I think there, you know, you can you can use it. That's mm-hmm. I think that's the key is you want to use it and don't let it use you. Well, it comes down to control. It, I mean, if you look at control and choices, and this is why I love Jordan Peterson, and that's probably one of the main reasons why I have Instagram still. Is Jordan I, Peterson? I, I look at I I listen to I will listen to him talk. Like I have all his books. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen to him just talk about the, the defunct, uh, like, 20-year-olds or the generation that's coming through and how mm-hmm. we need to fix it. 
It's not, he's not just being like pointing out like, Hey, these guys are degenerates. He's like, right. This is how we can go about making this better. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, that's, I, I enjoy Instagram for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, one of the things he was saying recently that made a lot of sense is he's, he's talking about the, the, um, the myth or the archetype of the devouring mother mm. and how, you know, it's not like it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an archetype, but you have like the fairy tale of Hansel and Gre- Hans and Gretel in the woods and they're, they're kind of lost, don't know where they're going. Then they find this little gingerbread house and it has candy over it and they go all, they go in there and then they get eaten by the wicked witch, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, his idea for this is it, it relates to masculinity mm-hmm. in culture when masculine becomes essentially dangerous, mm-hmm. then you then you have sort of a a more feminine culture, I guess you could you could say, mm-hmm. and then you're going to get sort of perpetual children mm-hmm. because that is sort of the the the, the more feminine because like there's toxic masculinity, there's toxic femininity also. And so why doesn't anyone talk about that? Yes. I've changed my mind actually on this. I, I've Kobe's heard me talk about this a couple of times, but I was kind of a, a hypothesis that I'd been had for probably a, a year or two was like that talking about toxic masculinity is not the right way to think about it because it's just so happens that, you know, there's a percentage of people that are just assholes, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and sometimes I'm an asshole. But that doesn't mean that, um, or this is being recorded, isn't it? This is like, a, you know, an idiot or whatever. Um, but that doesn't... Wait, we can't, can't swear. Yeah. I'll, I'll save that clip. But, okay. but that doesn't mean that, um, but that doesn't mean necessarily that it's like toxic, that my masculinity is toxic. It's just that, it's just that I'm an idiot. Like a certain amount of people are idiots that also happen to be men. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it paints masculinity in, in a, and I think an unfortunate light when, Anyone who's an idiot who happens to be a man, we say it's toxic masculinity. Yep. Um, which I think there's still a point there, but I it might be more helpful to um, w- what I was getting at with that was I just only ever heard about toxic masculinity, but I never heard about toxic femininity. So if we're okay saying that, yeah, there's the feminine, and there's the masculine. And either can be toxic, either can be bad, both can be used for bad things or for unhelpful purposes, then, okay, now I'm, I'm more comfortable with it. But my point with all that was, is that on the feminine side, when that kind of goes awry, if you will, the temptation is to not let people grow up. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he said, he's, Jordan made a quote, which is pretty direct and I don't have personal experience enough to know if this is anywhere close to correct or not, but he was saying that now we have these people in running our colleges that are involved with colleges, and some of them are toxic females, toxic femininity, and they never had kids of their own, and so now they are causing the college kids to be their kids forever and stay kids forever. Like, they're not letting them grow up. I mean, when you think about what's happening in our culture right now, it's like, oh, okay. I, whether he's right or not, I don't really know, but I kind of see his point. I mean, it's it's definitely something that is worth looking into, you know, because, you know, I, I read this book, uh, Tribe of Men by Sebastian Junger, mm. and uh, there's this tribe of monkeys in, 
in, I think it's Africa, uh, but it might be South America. Um, they're called the bonobos. The bonobos are led by the women. The men are demasculated, and they're essentially... They're, the, the, the bonobos monkeys are going into almost extinction because the men don't have any desire to procreate because they've been abused so much by the oh. by the female leaders of the of the tri- of the group so like that's where i see our society looking cuz we're we're trying to extinguish what a man is mm-hmm. i mean i don't know if you've you've seen any any of this stuff um, from uh i know my wife loves candace owens um but it's like uh the what's a woman yes. or what's a man what's a man yeah, yeah. and no one can answer because the, it, the answer constantly is changing for people. You know, it, it's like, all right, what what is what fits my agenda? How can I how can I spin it? Like I always say, like right, like what's the the most hated person in the world right now is is a middle aged white guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And and I I don't have any race involved in in any sort of hatred. I don't even have any hate in, in me. But like, people hate me for no reason. Mm-hmm. People hate white white middle-aged dudes Mm -hmm. like Williams County is full of people that get hated, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just like, what do you do? Yeah. How do you, I I can't say anything because then I'm toxic masculinity. Right. But like, what does that, what does that mean? Like toxic masculinity or people looking at that as like, like chivalry is bad. Like I can't open a door for someone. I've opened a door for a woman and she's like, I could have gotten it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I was raised Catholic. Like you, I say, sir, ma'am. Yep. Like those are just, that's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm supposed to go back in time and fix that because you felt like I shouldn't open the door for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that drives me wild. Yeah. It's like, crazy. Like I'm, I don't even need a thank you. Just, I held the door. Just yeah. go, go through yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. It's funny you brought that up. Cause I held the door for, um, an older lady just, two days ago and she didn't say a thing, man. Yeah. I was like, Oh shoot. I don't know. I don't know what I should, should, should have been not like, I don't, I don't know. What's like, the expectation. And, and also I would not have felt it weird at all. If she had opened the door for me, I would walk through and I'd have said, thank you. Like someone just opened the door. Does it really matter what your gender is? I like, open the door for dudes all the time. A hundred percent. And they always say, thank you. Yeah. This person I was like, like, but anyhow, maybe it. she was in a bad mood or I don't, it doesn't matter, but I just don't have an expectation of anyone saying thank you like that's what like i was raised that way i don't have the expectation that that's how it's going to be because society has dictated that like people just aren't considerate anymore yeah 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 there's some out there but you're right there's a lot it's not like it used to be (laughs) and i'm only 38 so yeah people are out for themselves and i and i understand that this these are it's like the hunger games for a lot of people but Man, some some civility will go a long way. Well, um, and by the way, you were talking about the documentary "What Is a Woman," right? Not yeah. "What Is Man." There's not yeah, "What Is a Woman." Yeah, yeah. But that's Matt Walsh, not Candace Matt Walsh. Walsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I just assume because they're all on Parlor together, yes. and they all. Oh, is Parlor still a thing? Yeah. Okay, I didn't know. Hey, but um, have you seen that documentary "What Is a I've Woman"? I've seen some of it. Okay, my wife yeah. keeps trying to get me to sit down. Like, I have a hard time watching nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> like. some of the stuff that, and and I'm not saying he's nonsense. What I'm saying is like the people that they're, 
they're interviewing, if you can't answer the question, then mm. it's nonsense. Yeah. Like you don't have any sort of ground to stand on. Just like, I can't watch that stuff. Like yeah. I had a, <laughs> there's a new movie out called you, you people. Um, it's with uh, Jonah Hill. Oh yeah. I've not seen it or I've heard of it. it. It's cringy, man. I, I, I was like sitting there like, <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't laugh. I, I, I don't know what to do. Like it was, it was rough. Is it supposed to be funny? I think so. Okay, it's Jonah. But Hill. you didn't like it. It was rough, man. It was, Wait, it was Jonah Hill is who I'm thinking it is, yeah. is right? And he's yeah. usually pretty funny. Yeah, it, it, it was but, funny. But the but movie, okay, it was interesting. Like Eddie, Mur- okay. Eddie, Mur- Eddie Murphy was in it, and it was like I didn't oh, okay. like his role that much. Oh, no, he was yeah. terrible. Yeah, surprising. Okay. Like you're Eddie Murphy, you're supposed to be hilarious. You were freaking donkey and Shrek, and you're gonna. <laughs> Be this guy? Ah, uh, okay. It's ridiculous to me. Is it, was, it woke it or what made very, it? Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. I struggle with that stuff because I just treat pe- all people the same. Yeah. Like if you're, like you said earlier, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not going to deal with you. Yep. You know. Yeah. I think that um, it's less. Some of the stuff is less. It's spreading less quickly than it was a few years ago. So that's why I feel pushback. Yeah. It's one of the reasons that I, I've always been fascinated by the, like the medium of podcasting, like ever since it was a thing, like back in 2009, it was just, I've always been intrigued by it, but it's one of the areas that I feel like some hope for the future. Because if you think about, dude, if you think about what, how 2020 would have been with no podcasts, it would have been worse. It would have been rough. It would have been worse yeah. because all of the news medias were pumping some kind of particular narrative mm-hmm. and you know, they can still deplatform you or shadow ban or demonetize and stuff. But still like the internet allows you to talk into this speaker and record on the internet and broadcast it. And they not a lot right now they can do about that. Yeah. So it's, it's an area of back to this truth, you know, like you can't truth will eventually like be known. Um, if we can like keep at least some free channels of communication open, that's an area that I'm optimistic about. Well, and I think, you know, you see people like Joe Rogan there. He's, he's more powerful than any sort of platform. He's like more powerful than most of them combined at exactly. this point. It's crazy. So, you know, that does give you hope that there's actually going to be like, he puts people on his show that like he asks the questions that are hard and mm-hmm. they answer, you know, because it's the Joe Rogan show. I mean, mm-hmm. They do that. He does that. Uh, he has interesting guests. He had all the COVID people on all the, the, the guy who MRNA, he did, mm-hmm. he started that. Like he had everyone on, like it was like, and no one could shut him down. They wanted to, mm-hmm. but they couldn't. Yeah. They gave it a good run when yeah. he got sick with COVID and then took the ivermectin. Yeah. And, um, it was better him and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 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 The, um, but it, he came through that, I think. Um, but in the moment, you just didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just don't know. Like, could Spotify do a change? Like, you know, you don't know. I mean. He brings them so much. It's a money thing. Like, well, yeah. He brings them true. so much money that it. it yeah, but care. that. But this woke thing, though, sometimes can be more powerful than money. Because yeah. if enough of people get on the same page and cause you to do whatever they want you to do, you know. Yeah, um, they tried it for him, though. 
and it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, they they did give it a good run. So, um, I wanted to ask you too about essential. This is something I don't know a ton about. Essential, the essential things that our body needs that it doesn't produce on its own. Mm-hmm. What a term that I'm more familiar with is like essential. Is it fats? Essential fats. Uh, essential fatty acids. Yeah, essential uh, fatty essential acids. Essential amino acids. Yes. Yep. Non-essential, yeah. What are the things that the body does not produce on its own that we need to make sure that we're ingesting? I'm thinking B12 is one of them, but that's like I as mean, far I, as I know. I'm, I'm a firm believer that there, we can, if we're eating a balanced diet, you're getting the things that you need. Okay. Like outside of, right now the big thing is vitamin D because okay. people have been locked inside for a year, two years. Um, so vitamin D, you'll have to supplement with that. Um, usually calcium with that. Uh, magnesium is usually a good combination with those two, those three together. Um, but like if you're eating whole foods, mm-hmm. you, you're not going to need a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like you really aren't. So when you say a balanced diet, what needs to be included in there? Cause we talked about protein. We talked about carbs. What else would you, what's, in, what else would you lump in with a balanced diet? I mean, uh, everything would have to be involved in it. So like I break the way I break down carbohydrates is there's three different types of carbohydrates there. And this is based on how they affect your blood sugar. So there's slow burning carbohydrates, which is more of like an up and then like a slow kind of like a long term energy. There's fast burning carbohydrates, which are like a up and a down, like a quick burst of energy and then a drop. Uh, and then there's fibrous carbs, which are essentially, you know, micronutrient based and you're working more on uh, satiety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you have proteins and fats. Okay. So if you're eating across all that, you should be pretty good. Should be. Yeah. But, but also, I'm assuming you'd be an advocate for getting your blood checked at least once a year. And I do, I do mine every six months. Do you? Yeah. Okay. So you blood draw every six months, mm-hmm. see where you're at, and then supplement accordingly. I mean, I just, I don't really, I, and I, I work with the EFP, um, and I really like their products, but I don't really take supplements. Really? Yeah. I mean, I really don't. It, huh. It's just food. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So. Can you think of an example of something you were low on and then you complemented that with food instead of a supplement? I mean, I've, the, the thing about it is over the last, like, probably like five, even when I wasn't doing keto, like, I, my numbers were all fine. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, if you're, if you're missing out on some, like, choline or you're missing out on some, like, uh, potassium or th- something like that, you can always, like, eat, like, some green leafy vegetables. Mm-hmm. You can eat some bananas, things like that, that are going to help balance that out. But like it, I, for me personally, it, it, it hasn't really come into play. Really? Okay. But that is because when you're getting your blood tested, are you saying you're getting your blood tested and you happen to be kind of optimal or where you should be within range on pretty much every marker? Yeah. Oh shoot, man. Dang. Huh? <laughs> Well, you've either tapped into some sort of like well of life or it's because your genetics are good or it's because you're eating good or all of the above. I think it's mainly my food and and my exercise Mm. Um, more so than anything. I mean, genetic wise, my both of my parents are five, four and overweight, you know, high cholesterol, heart, heart issues, all that stuff. So genetics, while they do play a factor is they 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 can be overridden if Mm. you want to work hard enough for it. Mm. So. Well, that's not what the new director of obesity no. under the Biden administration. Do you see this lady? Dude, I, I was embarrassed listening to her. The, 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 um, 
What black, is her name? Black lady, right? I, she might be black. I'm pretty sure she is. Yeah. Um, Can you look it up, Kobe? It was. It's if you look up like the Biden administration. Um, di- uh, diabetes he- talk. He- head of obesity. Yeah. Oh, man. It was brutal. But I saw that she is she's coming out now and saying publicly that obesity has more to do with genetics and not really is it's not really connected to what you eat. This is what she's saying. And so because of do this, you trust anything coming out of the Biden administration. No, yeah, that's, point? that's her right there. Yeah. Fatima Cody Stanford. Yeah. Um, Kobe, can you just Google um, Fatima Cody Stanford? Um, Google uh, something about obesity and advice on obesity or obesity coming from genetics or something like that and see what pops up. Weight bias. Uh, she's an obedient, uh, obesity specialist. Yes, so she's an obesity specialist. And I think it was maybe Breaking Points that was covering this. And she is saying publicly that obesity has more to do with genetics than it does have to do with what you eat. Well, they tried to pull this a long time ago where they said it was a, a, a diabetes, obesity is all a, a genetic disease. Hmm. And like being overweight is, is a, 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 a disability. Uh, sure. Well, it would yeah. be if it's genetic, you know, or it could be, but if that was the case, so just hear, hear me out. I've been 200 pounds since sixth grade. All right. If that was the case, then I would be, Whoa. I would be overweight. You've been 200 pounds since sixth grade, yeah, man. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, you got there quick, man. Yeah. Wow, I have a seventh grader in the house. Shoney's breakfast bars. (laughs) (laughs) So you got there from eating eating. poorly. Yeah. Okay. But then you stabilized and turned it to an advantage. I mean, I I was blessed enough to be a good athlete. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I started playing football. I played hockey my whole life, baseball, wrestling. Anything I could do, I I just played sports. Mm -hmm. And I think that, I I mean, I was still kind of like, until like, I went to college and played football and then, I mean, no one taught me how to eat there, but you know, I just kind of started to get a grasp of it. And then I moved to California and I started really learning nutrition after that. And, uh, that's when it kind of all like kicked in. I, I mean, I've been as heavy as two fifty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. By the way, shout out to my friends listening from upstate New York. This guy went to school in Ithaca. Yes. Um, yeah, but anyhow, he was... Um, Can't be treated with diet and exercise. What What is this saying? This is saying physician who claimed obesity can't be treated with diet and exercise joins Biden administration. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so as it turns out, she is a big advocate for this new weight loss pill that's come out. I don't know the name of it. You Semiglutide? Might, maybe. It's the one that just came out. It's and like Ozempic. Okay. Yeah. It's showing a lot of promise. Yeah. But as it turns out, that company has paid her money in the past. But now she's the head of obesity under the current administration talking about how obesity is more genetic than it is driven from what you eat to the extent that their recommendation is that if, um, if an obese person comes back to see their doctor and their doctor pushes back on the fact that like if they came in uh, and said, you know, no, I've been eating what you've told me to eat. You know, and it's like three months later or six months later, 
And the doc says and pushes back on it or inquires further about that because the doc can clearly tell in a situation like that that they have not been eating yeah. what he's prescribed them to eat, that he's not supposed to follow up on that because that's like it could cause fat shaming. So it's kind of gone down this trail that we already went down with the transgender stuff, which is like you got to let them follow their own mind. Don't push back. Don't make them uncomfortable. Let them do what they want to do. But now we're starting to do that with obesity. And you ever seen Wally? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know that I have. A movie? Yeah. It's like, uh, it's, it's a movie about a robot, but the whole... No, I have not. The whole... It's a Disney pick. Okay. And it's... It, the whole me- of society is like overweight, immobile. Mm. Yeah. Like that. Mm. And the robots take over or what What happens in it? I mean, I, I, I kind of think... They're taken care of by the yeah. robots, yeah. Essentially, just it's like a human farm. <laughs> yeah. So well, you know, that's that's the if we if we leave people to their own devices, they will find an excuse. We don't need to give it to them. Mm-hmm. You're gonna give them an excuse. Oh, your right. your parents are overweight, so you're gonna be overweight. Just deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not helpful. No, it's not. No, helpful. you're not giving people any power at all. What you're doing is you're giving them an excuse to not do anything, mm-hmm. to not take action. And what's the biggest issue in this country right now is the 80% of people in the middle who aren't taking action. So, you know, you're letting the 10% on either side duke it out as loud as possible. And it's just like, that's not how I feel. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the most dangerous thing circulating out there as sort of like common practices related to food or common um beliefs or just sort of like cultural narratives around food that that where where do we have it most wrong with the way america's eating right now would you say um eat less to lose weight always less 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 um eat six small meals a day to stoke your metabolism um low protein high carb I mean, any of those things, like there's a lot of old like myths that are out there, you know, like uh, chicken and broccoli and brown rice is the, is the way to go. Like, you know, restrict, you know, I, all this stuff is so frustrating to me because like that was what was taught to me. Like when I first started, like really trying to take into because I was in the more of the bodybuilding world mm. and like I po- made a post today about this and it was like, you know, the line of the post was like, all right, CrossFit made me small and weak. All right. But like, I have a picture of me doing bodybuilding and doing a photo shoot at 197 pounds. And I look sick. Like I look uncomfortably sick and I was not healthy. I was eating 1800 calories a day. I was eating cold tilapia, like terrible. Like, first of all, don't eat tilapia. (laughs) It's farmed. It eats its own poop. You don't want to eat that. Really? Yeah, it's terrible. Oh, okay. Well, I'll think um, differently about that going forward. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a seafood snob because I've lived on both coasts, oh, okay. so I don't eat it anywhere other than the coast. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's terrible. Farm mm. tilapia is farmed. Mm. It's, it's really gross. Mm. Yeah, but like, so I've been through all those myths. Like I've been like preached those things, and that's just a, some old school bodybuilding stuff, and all that stuff circulates and just continues to circulate. Like. It'll go away and it'll come back. It's just like if you look at muscle and fitness from 20 years ago to today, it's the same articles, just different Mm. pictures. It's just all stuff circulating back and back. And they try to like keep running it through. Hmm. 
So like there's a lot of stuff like that. Like six small meals a day though to stoke your metabolism. There's actually no science behind that. Really? Yeah. That even for bodybuilders. I mean, they probably eat six small meals a day to get enough calories in. Okay, just to eat enough. But, you know, I mean, I, I eat what I eat in three to four meals. Okay. What about, I don't feel good when I eat breakfast, so I don't eat until, well, usually it's until that protein shake, which I'm going to think differently about, man, at one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just a personal preference, would yeah. you say? Do what feels good? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Like, okay. if intermittent fasting fits your schedule, then do it, like, it, is it a shortened window for sure? But like, mm-hmm. you know, is it easier to hit your numbers if you're having breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Sure. But if you can't get a good meal in and, and enjoy it or like utilize it, then don't do it. Then skip it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, you have to meet people on their level. And that's one of the things that I, I, I have learned over the last 15 years is that if I try to make you get to my level, it, it's going to be a disaster. Mm. So if I'm changing your food in your schedule, it's going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. If I'm just changing your food and living on your schedule, you at least have some comfort. Mm -hmm. All right. And we can work through that. We can work through the first two weeks that go through any problems that come across. And if people actually ask me questions, then, you know, we can make changes in between those two weeks. It it just, Mm -hmm. it has to be about you. It can't be about me. And I think people people miss that point. They don't they don't want to know themselves. They don't want to listen to how their body. Like if I'm like, hey, how do you feel when you eat rice? How do you feel when you you have beans? Like if you have black beans, you know, do you feel bloated? Do you feel achy? Do you, any of this stuff? People are like, oh, I don't know. I'm like how do you not know? Uh, uh-huh. Like how do you not know how you feel? Pay attention to it. Yeah. Like your health is gonna like you're worried about your job, but if you can't work because you're you're sick. What, what are you going to have? Mm-hmm. You don't have your health anymore and you don't have your job. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So you, you really are fine tuning everyone's plan based on what is working for, for them. hundred percent. What's interesting about that is like, that's at the end of the day, that's very anecdotal, you know, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I think that's something that I'm starting to just be more comfortable with. Like, look, if I feel great eating this certain way, then I, don't, I care less what the studies show because I feel great eating yeah. that way. But you would still, though, I mean, just from a common sense standpoint, it would seem like eating carnivore forever, you're missing out on some good things, right? Like maybe I mean, you, can you go will miss out on some nutrients that, yeah. that you need yeah. and you'll have to supplement that yep. for sure. Part of the reason that carnivore has always worked so good for me is because I do not diet. I don't, I'm not the type, I, like more, I, I believe more in habits and process than in goals, quite frankly. So like I'll have friends who are like, you know, I'm going to go the next month without drinking coffee or mm-hmm. someone who drinks a lot. All of a sudden they're going three months with no alcohol. It's like they could force themselves to do these things. Mm-hmm. But what I have noticed and not in every case at all, but by the way, that's wonderful. But I have noticed for the more gory in people, like they skip out al- uh, alcohol for a month and then they're right back to drinking. Exactly. So it's like, uh, okay, what did we really do long-term help here? And I'd rather just start to develop daily habits, you know, that work mm-hmm. for me. But this is one area where I guess I'm quote unquote diet, I guess, so to speak. But the reason it works for me in part, I think is because it's easier for me to set the boundary around just carnivore. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, man, I, I like to hear more, I'd like to get your thoughts on this, but I have a hard time setting that boundary at 
real food and snack. Mm-hmm. Like if I could set the boundary there, which I would think would be a preferable place to set the boundary, that that would be better than um, than just carnivore. But I have a hard time, like when I start to eat just whatever, like real healthy mm-hmm. whole foods, I snack in the evenings too much and I have a hard time cutting that out because you're not eating enough during the day. Oh yeah. So like okay. usually snacks and snacks and cravings are imbalances from what you've done that day. So like if you have a sweet tooth, you're not eating enough sugars or, or fast burning carbohydrates during the day. Oh yeah. Okay. So if you cut that stuff out, like I don't have cravings for sugar, even though I don't eat sugar. Okay. But that's, I think that's based on my, the way my body metabolizes fats and utilizes those better than it does carbohydrates. Because mm. I've I've gone to the 400 grams of carbohydrates and I, I mean, I didn't look much different, but I felt awful because my body just didn't process it well. Okay. So, you know, it comes down to what your body, how your body's processing foods, you know, and if you're having those sweet cravings, you just like for, for someone who's on a lower carb diet, I'd be like, all right, we'll just add blueberries, you know? Yeah. Have add, add something. There's going to be something that we can add that will benefit you in that aspect. Yes. That makes sense. Okay. Because I think what tends to happen for me is I don't eat sometimes, actually sometimes it's five, six o'clock and I realize I haven't eaten a single thing that today, Mm -hmm. that day. Well, there's some good studies on fasting. Yeah. Purposefully fasting. But, (laughs) but then where I'm going with this is that then I'll remember I haven't eaten. Oh yeah. Then, then I'll go eat a big plate of something. But even though I just just ate a bunch because I didn't eat throughout the day, mm-hmm. I might feel full. But what you're saying is maybe my body still hasn't gotten what it kind of needed for that day. Hundred uh, percent. Like there's, okay. I, I doubt. Like I don't know how what your calorie level is at, and I don't know if you know because you kind of intuitively eat, right? That is correct. Yeah. I don't measure anything. So I like I don't know what you're you're normally eating, but like if you're if you cut down from three meals, two meals a day to one, you're not going to hit your numbers. You're going to be, you're going to be lacking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I think I need to start eating more, maybe for lunch, try to get more in earlier in the day. I think this is where, like when we were talking about discipline over motivation, this is where structure really helps. So you'd be like, all right, at 12, I'm eating this at three, I'm eating this. And then at six 30, I'm eating this and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you you're having those meals. Mm hmm. You don't know what's in them. Maybe you're not measuring. That's fine. I mean, th- that works for you. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I measure everything and I write everything down because that's like, like, you know, when you were young, you had a binky. That's my binky. Yeah. Okay. Like, it's my comfort. Like I, I need to do that because it makes me feel better about it. It makes me know that I ate enough. You do this every day. Every day. You measure everything and you write it down every day. Yeah. Wow. For, I used to do it in journals from like 2000, 2010 to 2014. It was in journals. And then 2014 on is all digital. Okay. But how it seems, that seems very cumbersome to me. How are you measuring this stuff? I like measuring meat and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Any scale. Of it. Okay. Food scale. So be like, all right, there's a pound of chicken or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you can see on the internet how Many I grams mean, of protein have you head. have in your head, I'm sure. Yep. But I could see pretty quickly and easily how many grams of protein is in, say, mm-hmm. a pound of ground beef. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
And then how about the other stuff? Like, how do you measure a salad or, I mean, if it's just, if I'm putting the salad together, it's just going to be like lettuce and whatever the vegetables are. And I'll measure all that out. We, do you weigh it or how do you measure lettuce? <laughs> like, uh, you count it? Like this seems really it's like two to, two to three to cups is, is maybe like 30 oh, calories. Okay. It's not really okay. that worried. Like it's, it's, it's not something that I over, over think about okay. like, with vegetables because vegetables. Yeah. But like, <laughs> I'm going to measure my meat. I'll measure my fats. I'll measure all that stuff. I see. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. That's very detailed. And there are apps that simplify it too. Okay. Yeah. Do you I, measure what you eat? I do sometimes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what apps do you use? Uh, my something. My fitness pal. Yeah. I think so. That doesn't weigh it though. You have to weigh it. Right. Right. Yeah. I usually don't do that. Yeah. So you just guess. I guess. Just wing it. <laughs> Man, I don't know. That, that's that's a lot of stress on me. Uh huh. Like I would rather just know. Sure. Like, so that's that's the comfort that it, for me is yeah. knowing rather than being like, yeah, that's kind of it. Eh, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Gotcha. You know. But this is also my job. So yeah. You know. No, no one really wants to. Well, apparently, they do take advice from people that are overweight. But you know, no one really wants to listen to the dude that's like, you know, two forty five and yeah. got a big gut. But that's what's weird, though, because that is correct, but somehow that doesn't translate into politics because, like, they are overweight. You can't get rid of them. They're in, they're in like, long-term Congress and, and government positions. But, see, that's sort of what's weird about politics and these government positions and because it's almost like stuff works there that doesn't work in real life. Yeah, that's not real life. Yeah. They don't know what we're doing down here. Like, yeah, it's like uh, the ivory tower and then the peons. That's mm-hmm. where the peons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But most people don't. Most people. I don't. I don't know if it's that, that clear to many people. You know, no, they, they accept. They accept their the, fate. Like they're the experts. Yeah. yeah. They accept what what's in front of them for, for truth. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't want to overthink things. People, I mean, the laziness in our culture has gotten out of control. Yeah, I agree. What do you think is a important but often overlooked element to flourishing for the modern American male? Um, I would say, man, there's there's a couple different things. Like, be around people that inspire you. Like, my I have a guys group, and those those guys I, I there's no envy there it's not i'm not like man i want what that guy has and they're not like they they want what i have but we enjoy and and celebrate each other rather than going against each other and there's some like pipe hitters in that group mm. like, there's some there's some dudes and like if they're successful i'm super happy for them they're happy for everyone else's success if you have a group of guys that are only willing to lift each other up rather than put each other down which is what society has been is just like, kind of like keep it under your boot. Um, that's been incredibly important to my mental health, you know, and, and mental health being something that is for men, we're conditioned to keep it under, under wraps, not talk about it, you know? And it's incredibly important because like the majority of men, the majority of suicides are men, you know, and no one's talks about that stuff. It's starting to come up more now, but like, Keeping it in is just 
it's just no way to go. So like a good group of men, a good group of people around you that, that support you and uplift you, um, take care of your physical health. I mean, if you go to the gym, like that dude on the internet that with the beard and the long hair looks like Thor liver King. No, no, not that guy. That guy. (laughs) (laughs) No, this guy is like, go to the fucking gym, go to the fucking gym. Oh yeah. Go to the gym. Yeah. There's a guy on the internet that he's like really famous for that. Apparently. I don't know how you get famous for that, but (laughs) yeah. Um, just go to the gym, go work out, you know, don't feel embarrassed that you don't look like everyone else. Just go to the gym, you know, don't eat fast food, cook a meal. Like it's little things that build on each other. You know, you can't just like, like a lot of people can't just change everything at once. So just do little things, get yourself in the movement, find the discipline, fall back on that. Cause motivation is not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think the, um, the going to the gym piece is how it's hard to overemphasize that because what I've noticed for me is that is absolutely the first domino. It's not what I eat. Mm-hmm. It's it's the gym. Mm-hmm. If I go to the gym, then I eat right. Mm-hmm. And then a whole lot of other things. I feel better. My mind is clear. Everything seems more right with the world. But um, I think, like, logically, I would have thought that food would be the primary trigger, but it's not for me. Maybe it is for some people. Mm-hmm. But if I can go to the – if I go to the gym – I will eat better. Mm -hmm. And if I eat better, that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be going to the gym. So for me, the central thing is go to the gym four days a week. Right now I can't get it on Tuesdays, which sucks. But um, because five days is really what I want to be doing. Yeah. But everything else sort of is downstream from that. I mean, I think every, I would think the majority of people would say going to the gym is going to be the first step because that's, that's one hour. Mm-hmm. All right. Eating right is 10 hours. And then you have what? 12 hours, 13 hours left for sleep and, re- and work and relax. Mm-hmm. Maybe ish. I mean, I only sleep like six to seven. But oh, wow. Yeah. That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends. I, it works for you. Apparently there's, there's some, there's some science that says, and I don't know if I'm one of these people, but Science says that some people just need less. Yes. Overall sleep. Yes, totally. Um, I'm not one of those people. Yeah. So if you're getting six or seven hours, what are the hours? So I go to bed at around eight. When my daughter goes to sleep, I'm out. Like we're past my bedtime. Just, you know, that's that's how you go to bed at 8 p.m. But I'm awake up at three. Wow. So I'm in the gym by 3.30. Home gym? No. You're in Trivium at 3.30. Okay. Then what? I work out for an hour, hour and a half. Um, there's a couple guys that meet me there. Uh, and then... Um, there's a couple guys that meet you at 3.30 or 4 a.m.? Yeah, man. What are they doing up that early? Getting Just getting in. after it? I mean, the camaraderie... And you know how it is with a CrossFit gym. Like, there's something about that environment. And people give CrossFit such shit for for being a cult. Being, but it's so supportive, and people yes. just want to be around other people that are doing that. Yes. Whether it's burpees and suffering, they just want to be a, like with other people doing it, you know? And I'm, I, when my wife had her accident, like I worked out alone for like two years and working out with people is so much more fun. Oh yes. It's way better. Oh yes. And suffering and, and pushing yourself to dry heave on your own mm-hmm. while you're trying to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Like 
you know, I'd rather just be in there with people, you know? So, and these guys are the same way and they want to work out with me and I'd like to work out with them. Hmm. So, so three 30, you're in the gym working out. So now it's what? four thirty five AM, 5 AM headed home, let the dogs out, feed them, get my kids food ready, uh, get my food ready, start working nutrition plans, content, all that stuff. Wow. And then, uh, what time do you eat lunch? Um, midday. Okay. All right. Depends. Then do you, do you cut out by like earlier in the day, like two or three, or do you work? Work till, till. F- my wife gets home at five, five thirty. Okay. So I work till about then or like our nanny will leave at four 30 and I'll have Cora for that okay. time frame. So okay. I'm, I'm the primary parent caregiver for my, for Cora. So, you know, I'm, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm usually with her all day. And then mm. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I have her before and after okay. uh, the nanny. Wow. Wow. Very cool. Um, so then I'm curious what your, what would you consider to be your single most helpful daily habit? Just waking up early. Yeah? Yeah. Huh. I mean, if I don't wake up early, everything gets pushed back and it, it, it kind of screws with everyone's day. Sure. You know, so there's, there's some onus on, on, making sure that I fall back on the discipline because mm-hmm. like I will tell you there are some days 315 rolls around and I'm like I really don't want to wake up okay so you you are human you do feel that some days yeah okay but I get my ass out of bed okay yeah because huh. like I'm just behind at that mm-hmm. point I don't like being behind I want to be in front of everything mm-hmm. you know and I don't want to have to rush back home to get her food ready or her bottle ready or feed the dogs because I, I decided that I wanted an extra 15 minutes, 30 minutes of sleep, yep. which isn't really good sleep anyway. Sure. So mm-hmm. I just get my ass up. What time is the first class at Trivium? 5 a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're sometimes there when the first class is I'm rolling in there. and stretching yeah. out and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming back on the podcast. It was yeah. fun. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Anything yeah. else you want to talk of, about? A lot of topics. Yeah, for all sure. Over we the we place. did cover. We did cover a lot. Um, Is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to? I don't think so. I think we covered most of what I wanted to cover. Yeah. I mean, we could have taken any of those things really and done an entire podcast, yeah. probably on just on any one of them. So we, we definitely you know skipped around a lot. But no, we we covered what I wanted to what I wanted to get into. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for being back on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, Where can people find you if they're interested in the nutrition coaching? Um, You can go on my website uh, or Instagram. So 27, the numbers 27 health and wellness or 27 health.fit is my, yeah, they make those now. 27 health.fit. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a, that's a website. Okay. Yeah. And then if anyone wants to join your gym, they can go to crossfittrivium.com. Yeah. Okay. Come in, check it out. You know, our community is fantastic. It's very inclusive. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I know some people that really join it there. Jordan being one of them for sure. Jordan's a good dude. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Absolutely. Appreciate you you being back on again. It was fun. Appreciate it. See you, everybody. Try to catch me hollering at the moon.